Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Breaking in here to do a little emergency potting. Uh, Brendan is on the road to Miami, so I've hijacked the platform, and I'm here with Chris Knee of Knowles 24-7 to break down the big news that just came down. Florida State has landed a commitment from four-star offensive tackle Rod Orr. The six-foot seven, 295-pound tackle committed to FSU over offers from Tennessee, Ole Miss, Missouri, and Oregon, among others. Uh, those were kind of the most recent in a top five that he put out over the summer. Or is ranked as the nation's 21, 21st best offensive tackle and the 206th prospect overall, according to the 24-7 sports rankings. Uh, I'll defer this to Chris. How important of a commitment is this for Mike Norvell and FSU? I would argue that he's probably the third most important member of that class behind Brandon Jennings, who I'd argue is the most talented individual in the class, also a position of need, a guy that can rush off the edge, and Luke Altmyer, the quarterback of the future for FSU. I would say that Rod Orr falls right in there. FSU needs to improve the offensive tackle position. It is something we have talked at length about on this podcast for, I feel like, years on end. Rod Orr is the kind of guy that can help there. I don't know that he helps immediately out of the gate, but I certainly think long-term with some development that he has a frame, he has athleticism, he has the length that you're looking for in a prototypical offensive tackle, a left offensive tackle potentially. And that's something that FSU just doesn't have enough of on their roster. And it's something they've struggled to add to their roster in recent years. And here he is, here's a guy that could be the future of that position. You know, like I said, I don't believe it's, you know, around the corner. I don't think it's a Mm -hmm. 2021, 2022 thing necessarily. But long term, I certainly think this guy under the guidance of Alex Atkins can help Florida State immensely at a position where they've been woefully bad for some time. Yeah, uh, recent memory. Um, And one of the reasons why we're we're excited about this commitment, but we're also not promising you that he's going to step on the on the field next year and play is because. Rod Orr switched from basketball to football primarily in 2019. Uh, He's had one year under his belt of full-time football, and he's already carved himself into the top 25 of of offensive tackles in the country. So that's a big step, but a lot of this is a projection. Uh, He still has some developing to do. Florida State knows that. Rod Orr knows that. Uh, But you can't – I mean, six foot seven, 295 pounds, man – Florida State has been turning guards into tackles for too long. It's, it's about time that they got a long-armed, uh, NFL you know, measurable offensive tackle coming out of the high school ranks. It's a, it's a big commitment. But, Chris, why did he choose FSU? Why do you think he chose FSU primarily? I think it's a relationship with Alex Atkins. FSU has expressed their need at that position to him as they do to any offensive tackle they recruit. But I think Alex Atkins has developed an excellent relationship with Rod Orr, with his father. And I think beyond Atkins, it's also Mike Norvell and the staff as a whole recruiting him. The disappointing thing in Orr's recruitment for a long time was that he never made it to FSU for a visit because Mm -hmm. he didn't get over here before things shut down in March. But because of the process of doing Zoom over the phone, just constant communication, they have developed a bond and there's certainly a relationship and it's paid off. And I I think there's a trust 
a two-way trust. I think the Oars, Rod and his father and the family as a whole, trust the staff at FSU. And I think FSU, who did a great deal of research on Rod Orr before reaching this point in time in recruiting, have a great deal of trust in what he is, who he is, and what he can be. Yeah. Um, Atkins, man, I feel I, I'm glad that Atkins finally kind of got his offensive tackle. Um, we've seen him flirting with the big dogs. And right now, FSU's brand's just not strong enough for FSU to swim in the same pool with Georgia and Alabama and LSU when it comes to recruiting guys like a Tristan Lee or an Amarius Mims. Um, Atkins did a great job of still recruiting those guys, but understanding that Orr is going to be the one that's landable. Um, and he put in a lot of time and effort there. Yeah, I feel like this is a ceiling for what FSU can do at that position at the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, if visits were open and you were able to get kids in and develop relationships in a different way, you may, you may be able to swing outside your league. But right now, FSU's not in that position. The circumstances don't allow him to do that. Rod Orr is a really talented guy. His upside is immense. If he develops properly, he can be really, really good. I, I always enjoy I, – I watch film of guys pretty much the moment FSU offers, and then I try to keep up with guys I know they have a shot of landing throughout the recruitment by watching new film of them. In Rod Orr's case, I watched a great deal of his film last year early in the process with him. And then this morning, because of the expectation of landing his commitment, I went back and watched some film that he has posted here recently. I think he's played four or five games on the season. I watched two films specifically from this year. The thing I love about him is that he, he's, he's super long. He's long-armed. He moves really well for his size. He has to improve at the angle he takes on blocks, the way he drives blocks, the way he finishes blocks. He's aggressive with finishing blocks, but some of what he does in the high school level is going to draw a hanky in the college level of flag. Yeah. He's going to get penalized for. So there's stuff I really like about him. He has a physicality to him. He's a former DN, so that's not really surprising in that regard. I think that there's a whole lot of talent to mine there. I think it's going to take a little time. There's going to be a little bit of body reshaping, but on that long frame, I don't think it will be too difficult. But a guy like him alongside, say, Robert Scott from last year's class, those are two real nice pieces for redeveloping the offensive tackle position at FSU, which is a position that they just, you know, we're talking about the fourth O-line coach now here in a five-year span. They just haven't been able to do it in that time. So it feels like a really solid baby step towards improving what they're trying to do. Hmm, But it feels good. It feels good to be finally at least going in the right direction. You know, we're not talking, like I said, we're not talking about a guy that we have to squint and, and, and imagine him being an offensive tackle. We have a true tackle where do you think he fits in left or right tackle what do you think just early projection well I think early in his career you probably play it a little safe and maybe protect him a bit at right but Mm -hmm. I think if he can match everything he's capable of being on that frame he can be a left tackle okay but left tackles live left tackles live on it people think a tackle is a tackle a left tackle lives on an island they are by themselves right. especially for a standard quarterback you better be damn good at your craft at left tackle because if you're not you're going to get the guy killed back there and you're going to help lose games at right tackle you can hide a guy a little bit more you can help him a little bit more usually a line shifts a little bit more to the right you obviously can help either tackle by doubling him up with a tight end on their hip um, but a left tackle is a guy that is a franchise maker and those are tough to come by. And FSU's not in a position where they can recruit an, a ready-made left tackle. They just can't pull it off right now. They want to. They would love to. The, the guys that you mentioned, you know, the Amarius Mims, the Tristan Lays, they would certainly help in that regard. But FSU's not 
hitting at that weight right now. Yeah, they're just so this is a, this is a guy that you hope will develop into that as he fills out the frame, as he gets stronger, as he gets more comfortable with opening up, using his hands, kind of learning how to play from a stance instead of being athletic and doing things, which is what he is right now. Mm-hmm. Rod Orr joins two commitments. Or, so he's the third commitment in FSU's offensive line class. He joins Bryson Estes, who's out of McDonough, Georgia, and he joins Kimo McAnoli out of Niceville, Florida. Uh, Chris, where do you see these pieces fitting right now? Well, in the past, we've talked about Estes possibly being anywhere from center to right tackle. Mm-hmm. I think more than likely he's an interior guy. I think he could be an elite center. He can certainly handle guard. With Maurice being a younger center, I could see them potentially working him more at guard with him and Thomas Schrader being the future at the guard position. Kimo is more of a guard tackle type. He could get away with being a right tackle, and he'd be fine doing it. And if he keeps growing a little bit, it probably truthfully becomes his primary position. But right now, I think Kimo is more a guy you view as a left guard. He can line up. He can drive people. He's a road grader. He'd be excellent on the hip of a solid center, solid left tackle to create a little running force on that side. So I think it's more right now FSU has a great center, an excellent guard, and a potential high-level tackle with Rod Orr's addition. Mm-hmm. but all three of those guys can slide a little bit and do a little bit of different things and you can get away with it. But you're not trying to take a guard and make them into a tackle with chemo. If you have, or in the bucket, you know, with Orr's addition, chemo can probably live at his more natural position guard right now. And you're good. And I still think obviously FSU needs to keep adding at the positions, especially offensive tackle. I, I think it would be valuable for FSU to add potentially not a high school or junior college offensive tackle, mm-hmm. especially a high-level guy. And I, I think the transfer portal is still going to be essential for them because, you know, you're looking at next year and you have Darius Washington, but he could play tackle or guard. It might be best to move him off tackle. Love Taylor could be back next year at right tackle. But after that, as we saw in game one, it kind of falls off a cliff. Chaz Neal's not ready for that fire. Yeah, I think ideally – Here's what here's what happens to FSU ideally. I think ideally FSU keeps Love Taylor for one more year. From what I'm hearing, that's that's probable probable. I think you move Darius Washington back to guard. In the transfer portal, you land a serve, you, you land a left tackle. That gets you going for next year. So now you got Love Taylor in a in a in a grad transfer left tackle. You move Darius to his more natural position, and then you give the young guys like a rod or one year to to kind of learn the position and then become the next right tackle left tackle combo yeah fsu's o-line is going to show improvement when they can go seven eight nine deep and be comfortable with and get guys in the right positions yes first of all yeah cross training is a beautiful thing and it's great to have a guy that can play guard or tackle or a guy that can play center or guard Mm -hmm. but you want a guy to be great at what he's supposed to be great at and that comes down to playing a singular spot on the offensive line and you know i think i think adkins has shown that he would prefer that they're going to cross train because it's a necessity but you know marie smith at center baby and johnson at guard says to me we're in a position of trying to find guys in their best spot and those two guys are better at those spots than anything else they bring to the table. So I I think that's what we're trending towards. It's just going to take patience like everything else, and it's going to take a while. Yeah, no, I agree. Kind of the last thing I wanted to hit on was who do we think is going to be the next to commit? And um, before before we get going, I also want to mention probably the one guy – that's on the board, that's on the Knowles 24-7 top 10 most wanted that was behind Rod Orr. Rod Orr came in, in at number two. I think at number four was Rukon Buckley. Um, 
he is a six foot six, 260 pound offensive tackle out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, he'll be making his commitment here in about three weeks on October 14th. Uh, Ruquan Buckley has not, he's also not visited FSU, but has been kind of in regular contact with Alex Atkins just the same way Rod Orr was. Um, you got Ruquan Buckley out there making a decision in October. Chris, who else are we watching on FSU's radar that's going to be making a decision soon? Well, real quick on Buckley. Right now, I would categorize FSU landing him as an upset victory. Mm-hmm. Would you say that's fair? I know you've dealt with him more than I have. Yes. I think right now he's going to commit. I believe – I talked to him. I think October 14th is either his birthday or his mom's birthday. So, uh, Yeah, I believe it's his birthday. I think, I think that's it's his correct. birthday. Right. So, unfortunately for FSU, I mean, they were hoping this would this would go on a little bit longer. Um, he's a Midwest guy. I think it, it's really going to come down to Nebraska, Cincinnati, or Minnesota, and then FSU. I'm not sure how, how heavily involved Michigan State is at this time, but I think FSU is just on the outside looking in. If, they, if this thing can get pushed back, it would be in their favor. So, to answer your first question, the addition of Orr pushes FSU's class from 25 to 18. Mm-hmm. They have 209.34 points now. I believe it's 16 total commitments that they sit at now. Um, so that's an improvement. Good to be back in the top 20. I think they're going to live somewhere between 10 and 20 at best with this class. I think yeah. you'll need to be comfortable with that. As far as who they might add, with the fact that the dead period got moved to January 1st, that's caused every kid who wanted to wait as long as they could to take visits during the fall to now realize, oh, I got to go ahead and decide. And on the flip side of that, it's led to schools understanding if you got a shot of landing a kid, it's probably now to land them. You know, mm-hmm. you need to go ahead and kind of figure out who your class is going to be when December 31st rolls around. Um, for FSU, Sean Bray Jackson's a guy that's worth keeping an eye on. He hasn't set a hard date. He had previously said sometime mid to late September, but I think it might weigh into October. But I feel pretty good about where FSU stands there. Alabama's probably contender number two, but Bama's got a, kind of a stockpile of defensive ends they're pursuing. Meanwhile, Jackson is a top priority for FSU at defensive end, defensive tackle. Jalen White, talented running back from Dothan, Alabama. He intends to decide October 10th, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I expect him to drop a top three here, possibly this weekend, maybe as early as today. FSU, Florida, Purdue, I believe is who will be those three. I'm still digging on it, but I believe FSU is in a pretty good spot there. From what I've been told, Florida doesn't expect them. Purdue's relatively new to that recruitment coming along September 1st. Um, River Helms, talented tight end from West Limestone, Alabama. He intends to decide on October 15th. FSU, Georgia Tech, UCF were kind of the top ones to keep an eye on there. He loves FSU. FSU offer was significant to him. He's got a real good relationship with Chris Thompson. Tight end Jackson West commitment to FSU is recruiting him very aggressively. I think there's a very good chance that you see him land at FSU when the decision comes. And I feel like I'm forgetting one. White, Jackson, Helms. Who am I forgetting, Newberg? I think that's it. Helms is – Helms. Um, is there – not at uh, – oh, Destin Hill. Wow, God only knows. That one's always one. hanging I mean, out there. Yeah, yeah. If, if you know, feel free to call us and let <laughs> us know when that's going to happen because that's the point we're at. I, you know, people are getting so uh, not wishy-washy but concerned because it has gone on now for, mm-hmm. what, seven months it feels like. But to me, you know, some people compare it to Brian Robinson's recruitment. I think that's a very fair way of looking at it. Until there's a reason for me to be concerned he's going somewhere else, I fully expect him to go to FSU. 
I believe he's told FSU he intends to come there, and the recruiting reflects at that position that they feel pretty confident they are going to land him in the end. Mm -hmm. He's a very important one to them and somebody that they really want in this class, and they've recruited at a high level, and they continue to recruit at a high level. So, yeah. Until he announces. I know. There's always a way. He's dropping games. Yeah, when you're stacking losses, people always get worried. But I think Destin Hill slash Destin Payson, for those who don't realize his name is now Destin Hill, He's a guy that I think he is much more bought in on what FSU can be in the future than what they are right now. Yeah, and he has a great relationship with Mike Norvell, with Coach David Johnson, and with Coach Dillingham. So they're doing a good job on him. Um, all right, well, I think that's it. Uh, it, was, it was good to come on here and do an emergency podcast that didn't involve an illness or a mutiny uh it, it's great to come on here and celebrate a very important commitment so before we get out of here i'm just I'll, i'm just glad we didn't have to you know have snow along for the ride well, that's it was kind of nice it was refreshing yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm kind of surprised he didn't just try to jump in here at some point i can hear him screaming listening to this but the, the good news is the game hasn't been postponed yet and he is driving so if it is postponed yeah. the Kissimmee plan may happen <laughs> God bless you, Sinone. Um, shout out to Market Square Liquors and the Lounge at Market Square. Uh, they have a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, including some really good Sinone-approved bourbon barrel picks. Um, it's a Tallahassee, Tallahassee staple. If you guys are looking to gear up for this Miami game this weekend and need some liquor, some beer, go check out Market Square Liquors. Or if you're trying to forget it on Sunday, you can also go by We'll, we'll, we'll hope it's more to celebrate on Saturday night. But for Chris Nee, for Brendan Sinone, who's somewhere between Gainesville and Miami right now, this is On the Bench. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.